Pastor. Welcome to the house of God this morning. Welcome to the presence of the Lord. Uh, you know, this society we live in now is full of offense. People seem to be getting offended every day about just anything. You know, even our president sometimes gets offended, you know. He's like, you, you hurt me. And then he also offends just about everybody, you know. And um, so it's kind of common. It's an issue. It's a big deal, I think, because God wants us to live an offense-free life. And so I want to share with you today, this is just part three. <laughs> no offense, huh? Sabihin mo sa katabihin mo, no offense, ha? 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 No offense, ha? Um, offense is really deadly. In fact, it's, an, it's a, I have a lot of things to say today, but first of all, offense is Satan's agenda for your life. It's Satan's trap. Everybody write that down. Offense is Satan's trap to destroy my life, relationships, and happiness. Trap yun. Alam yung sa Bible, the word ginamit sa Bible for offense, yung Greek word is skandalon. Sounds kind of familiar, skandalon. That's a Greek word which means, well, it's referring to that part of a trap where you hang the bait. Is that part where you put the bait? So, of course, bait is meant to be attractive. It looks okay. It looks good. So, yung offense or the scandalon is that part which draws you into the trap. It's the part that seems okay. May karapatan naman ako maggalit eh. Isinaktan niya ako. Seems okay na nararapat lang ako mag-express ng aking side. And so it seems okay, but it's meant to bring you in and trap you. Capture you. Or possibly kill you. So beware. Offense is not just another emotion. It's a trap. Secondly, Offense will come daily. Jesus said, Luke 17, 1, it's impossible that offense will not come. It will come. Ara-ara, meron tayong opportunity na ma-offend. Every day, probably at home pa lang, when you first wake up, you have the chance to get offended at someone you live with. Yeah. Uh, let's don't give all of our examples, but, you know, paunahan sa CR. You know, you get offended. <laughs> you know, uh, you name it. Breakfast. Laba. Gawaing bahay. There's always something to be offended by. You know, miscom, miscommunication. Pagdating sa work, you know, the co-workers, the boss, it's easy to get offended at work. It's easy to get offended in traffic, it's easy to get offended. It will just come every day. Even at church on Sundays, huh? day off course, you know, 
exempt ako sa araw nito sa mga, you know, the whole week I've been offended and now I come to church and I wanted to just relax and, you know, be around nice people. Then, sinabi niya yun. Sinaktan niya ako. Tinamaan ako ni pastor. Sadya yun. And you start, you know, nanguhula ka kung anong nasa isip ng ibang tao. It will come every day, but you don't have to take the poison. Last one, ang offense. Eh. Imagine if this is this is my props here. Right. What's that mean? <laughs> What's that mean? Poison. So if I offer it to you, meaning I said something or did something offensive, I offended you. Come on, get it. Come on, take it. Take it. Take and drink. See? This is resisting it. She's declining. I'm giving you this. She doesn't like it. But take it. See, I don't know. She resisted. You can, you can resist. You can reject the bait of Satan. You can decline to take it. You don't have to drink the poison. Maski anong ginawa nila sa'yo, maski anong sinabi nila sa'yo, you don't have to take the poison. You can determine, next point, determine to live unoffended. Determine. You know, you make that decision. I won't get offended no matter what happens. I'm going to live my day today without taking offense. You don't have to take it up. It doesn't matter what they did to you, what they said to you, how unfair, how bastos. You don't have to take possession of the offense. But that's not for me. You know, you offended me. That's your problem. I'm not going to internalize it. I'm not going to let it penetrate my heart and get in my blood. The offense will stay outside of me. I will not allow it to get in my house. This is the temple of the Lord, including my soul, my emotions. You know, I'm not going to let it come in. So you don't have to get hurt. No one can make you have a bad day. You can determine to not take the offense. You see, being, actually being you know, offense is an event, but offended is a choice. Offense is something that happens. It's an event. It happens. It happened at three o'clock at work, you know, on, at the table. That's an event. It happened. But offended is your choice. If you're going to be offended, because that lasts a long time. An offense is dangerous because it makes you unfruitful. Tandaan mo yung story where David was dancing before the Lord? He was so excited. He was he even stripped off his clothes and was just worshiping God in a radical, crazy way. And his wife, yung anak ni Saul, si Michael, despised him. She got offended with the way how he worshiped. The Bible says she was unfruitful. She never gave children. She never bore, she never gave birth to children. 
Why? Baog. The point is, of being offended will limit what God wants to do in your life. Well, God has a lot of plans. God has, you know, a lot of ministry, a lot of ways to use you. He's anointed you. He's called you. He's blessed you. But then, if you walk around offended, you limit the fruitfulness. It, you know, it just, it, it sabotages what God can do in your life. Being offended makes you unstable. Unstable emotionally, unstable mentally, you're on shaky ground. But, uh, actually, it keeps you from being rooted and established. When you're offended, you're... Remember the story of Cain? The guy who committed the first act of murder. He wasn't the first sinner, but he drew blood from another human. He killed his brother. See, Cain had a problem with offense. Cain and Abel were worshiping God, you know, offering snila sa and then, you know, Cain brought an offering which God did not accept because it was not a blood sacrifice. It came from his own efforts. Pawis niya, you know, he was trying to earn with his own work and his own sweat. So he brought my fruits that he produced, that he worked for. Whereas Abel didn't work. He just offered the firstborn of his flock, which shows us how to be righteous. It's Jesus, not works. So anyway, Cain was offended. So offended at God and his brother. He killed his brother, Abel. So offended. He, he, then what happened? God came and the humility of God. God, see God so humble. He said, hey, Cain, where's your brother? As if God doesn't know. Don't you think God knows? He, what does God want then? God just wants Cain na aminin. And I got hurt with what happened. God, I, I was angry. I got offended. No, he didn't say that. What he said was, I'm not my brother's keeper. Am I my brother's keeper? Imagine he's talking to God. Listen to the disrespect. You know, He's also offended at God. And in Genesis 4, God says, you know, Cain... Of course, God didn't curse Cain. God actually protected Cain. Gave him another chance. But God said, the consequences of your offense and your sin, you know, you're cursed. There's a curse there. That offense in you, you're cursed from the ground, which was the main thing Cain was finding his glory in. The produce of the ground. He said, you're cursed from the ground up, which has received the blood of your brother. You'll no longer be able to yield good crops. That was his identity. That was all he was glorying in. He says, you'll no longer have that. In fact, you're going to be a wanderer. Some version says a vagabond, you know. Yung parang no permanent address, ikot ikot. You're gonna run. You're gonna roam around. No matter how hard you work, you'll never find fruitfulness. You'll never find 
a home. And you know, there's many Christians that get offended and end up unstable like Cain. The curse of not getting established in a home church. You know, they, they go to a church and get offended at God and at the pastor and at the people. And they're so unstable. Go to another church. I don't like it there. That tells those people, you know, to go to another church. And then another church. And then the same thing, offended again. Different story, same concept. And then lipat, lipat, church hopping, looking for fulfillment. Wala. Unstable. Never getting rooted. Never getting established with plants, with, with, with deep roots. And then being offended is unstable and also brings unfulfillment. Unfulfillment. Um, you know, Bitterness, the Bible says, be sure that no one misses out on the grace and that no one allowed a bitter root to grow up. Bitter root in our, in our emotions, in our soul, bitter root to grow up. It'll defile many, not just you, many. You know, bitterness is actually unfulfilled revenge. Most of the plots, you watch any action movies, most of the plot has to do with revenge. Okay, Just notice, next time you're watching a movie, you know, there's a spirit of revenge in most of the Hollywood movies. Most of the time, most of the time it's a payback. You know, payback. Even if it's for a good cause, you know, it's payback. And what it is, it's a bitter root. It grows up and it defiles so in so many ways because bitterness is unfulfilled revenge. You can't get revenge. People get offended. You know, even something now, wala kang kasalanan siya, may kasalanan. Nagkasala sa'yo. But then you want revenge. I want to, you know, kaya bibigay ako ng silent treatment. Hindi ako magsasalita sa kanya. I'll give him the cold shoulder. You know, I'll make her feel that I'm unhappy. I'll make him taste what she made me feel. These are matured adults, huh? They would say, I won't forgive him until he apologizes. What's that? Why? Because you want a payback. You want to make the other person pay. Right? Now listen, what if God forgave you like that. What if God forgave you, you know, the way you forgive other people? Well, I'll forgive basta she has to admit that siya ang may kasalanan. Napahiya ako. Publicly. So dapat, mag-sorry din siya ng publicly. So what it is, is you're, you're offering not forgiveness. It's not forgive, it's for sale. You know, it's for sale. You got to exchange something. Maybe a sorry, or maybe a you got to cry a little bit, or be remorseful, really admit. What if God forgave you only after you said sorry? And so many Christians, even Christians who believe in salvation, forgiveness of sins from God, they believe that God forgives like a man forgives. They would say, well, God is love. He hates sin, but he loves you. 
And he will forgive you if, here it comes. If what? Fill in the blanks. Depending on your religious, you know, God will forgive you if, and then there's something you got to do to pay for it. If you repent, if you confess, if you ask sorry, if you promise to change, whatever it is, you got to pay for it. And this is the way we think God forgives that way, so that's how we also forgive. But when Jesus forgave, he forgave at the cross. He's hanging on the cross, and they're still not accepting that they're wrong. None of them apologized, and yet he still said, forgive them. It's forgiven, forgiven. Hindi pa sila umaamin that they were wrong. Listen to me, God, Jesus forgave you at the cross before you confessed or repented or said sorry. He forgave you. And when that forgiveness, it means they don't owe me anything anymore. A lot of people would even say, we owe God so much. After what he did for us on the cross, we owe him so much. No, no, no. Owe means you think you can pay? Uh Uh-uh. I know that's a shocking statement, but God so loved the world that He gave. He didn't barter or for sale. He forgave. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5.19 that God was in, in, God was in Christ reconciling the world. Of course, it was offensive, yung mga kasalanan natin sa Diyos. But he was reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins. We sang that song kanina, you know, my sin and shame don't count anymore. He's no longer counting people's sins against them. And that includes us. Philemon chapter 1 verse 8. It's a great book, Philemon. And Paul said, hey, you know, Onesimus, that slave, Whatever kasalanan siya mayroon sa'yo, charge it to me. Onesimus ran away. He was a slave. He broke the law. He, he offended his master. And Paul said, I'll cover for him. Whatever he did wrong, you charge it to me. And then, wag nating pag-usapan kung anong utang sa akin. And Paul was acting like Christ, our mediator, our savior. And Offense is dangerous because it makes you unloving. Also, unloving. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 24, he's talking about the end times. Give it, he said, these are some of the signs of the end times. Uh, they ask, you know, what will be the sign of your return in the end? He said, then many will take offense. Ito, isa sa mga signs of the end time. Many will take offense. I wonder if we're very, very close to the end times. Because it seems like many in this generation, many are getting offended. He said, many will take offense. It goes on to say they'll betray one another and end up hating one another. Being offended will cause you to be unloving. You see the progression? Offended mo na. Then betray. Kasama doon yung intent of revenge and making them pay, you end up just being a hater. So, I'm not a hater. <laughs> like David, you know, King David, um, 
was anointed king. The moment he was anointed as king, instead of the son of King Saul, Prince Jonathan, sana, as soon as he was anointed, Saul was jealous. He had a jealous eye. He was watching David. Jealousy in his heart. Saul got offended because yung anak niya hindi nagiging next king. And Saul tried to kill David. Saul tried to destroy David. But David never took offense. Ang daming ginawa ni Saul kay David, which was offensive. But David refused to take offense. He had the opportunity to be offended. He had the opportunity to take revenge, calling itself defense or whatever. But he never took the oh, he never took the bait of Satan. And of course, Jesus also declined. Remember when they offered Jesus a bitter drink? He's on the cross, and inalok nila ng bitter. Think about this is very symbolic. They offered him a bitter drink. Did he take it or did he decline? Refused it. Very sim- very symbolic. Jesus didn't take offense. And I can prove it to you because after the resurrection, Jesus never went to Governor Pilate's house and said, Oh, hey, I'm back, you know. Just like the Terminator. I'll be back, you know. No, he... Jesus never went to the priests. He could have gone to the temple and said, Ha, told you so. Jesus never went to, um, he never went to his disciples and said, Aren't you guys ashamed? Well, I'm waiting for your apology. You all left me after you swore you would not. Peter? What do you got to say for yourself? No, listen. Jesus never spoke a single word about what happened. He never brought up the subject of the betrayal, the offense, the torture, the backstabbing, the false trial. He never breathed a single word about it. He was completely unoffended. No bitterness in his heart. No samang loob. He didn't take the offense. He rejected it. See, when you're offended, you put up relationship walls. The Proverbs 18.19 says, A brother who is offended is harder to win over or to win back than a walled city. Kung pag-aralan mo yung mga sinauna, yung mga cities, diba, they had very big, thick walls. The thicker the walls, the stronger or the more fortified is the city. And Proverbs said, you know, if, if there's a brother offended, he's like in a city with thick walls. It's harder to win him out. It's harder to penetrate. It's harder to get into his heart than a walled city. Why? Walls keep the unwanted people out. Walls are there to self-defend against threats. Walls are there to deny entry, 
to anyone who is, you know, maybe, maybe hurt us. When you're offended, you, you build, you construct walls to safeguard yourself. Kasi nasaktan ako noon, hindi, hindi ako masasaktan ulit. You know? And you start constructing these walls. She hurt me before. I'll never invite her again. You know, I'll never talk to him. I'll snub, I just, I'll avoid that person. Why are they against me? You start getting negative thoughts. Why did they hurt me? And I'll make sure, hindi na sasaktan ulit. So you start building up distances. Distansya, amigo. Start constructing walls. To You think you're protecting yourself from hurt. And the, the, the materials that you're building these walls with are offense. Offense here, hurt there, paranoid John. So you start getting these negative things. Withholding access. I won't let anyone get close to my heart. I won't let them know me. I won't let them touch too close to me. And you think these walls are protecting you, but actually you only later you realize they are making a cage for you to be trapped in. You set yourself up for more offense because your expectations start becoming misplaced. Misplaced expectations leads to more potential offense. Why? Because you have this expectation that nasaktan ako noon, baka ko ano-anong sinasabi nila sa akin. And then you start becoming paranoid. What? What did they say about me? Start getting, you know, eh, wala naman. Hindi naman ikaw ang pinag-usapan. I heard my name. I saw the two of them talking. I know they're talking about me. Hindi naman, pero you feel paranoid. You're very curious. You're, you're even worried about what they might be saying at your back or what they might be thinking about you when in fact, it's misplaced expectation. You're expecting the worst. And people end up getting hurt by the ones they love the most. Because why? The higher the expectations, the more potential for hurt. And that's why you could hear people say things like, um, yung mga makamundo na tao, yung mga tao na hindi pa Christian, they're acting more like Christian than yung mga members of church. Why? Because people in the world, you have zero expectations. You don't expect anything. So when they do anything nice to you, you're like, oh, that's good. Bonus. The people in the church, wow, you put a high expectation on them. Maybe a church member, your leader, you put a pastor, you expect him to be perfect. You put a very high expectation, then when you don't get what you're expecting, it's called disappointment. And it creates a bitter root that defiles many. I just wonder why we're so attracted to offense. Why is it so enticing? Bakit na parang pag may balita at mayroon nagagali, parang mas interested tayo doon. Uy, anong, anong balita? Galit si Duterte, na-offend niya si Pope o si ganito. Ha? Anong sabi? And then even the media, they, they twist it and 
make it into a bigger story than it really should be. And or at work or dun sa bayan, you know, out in the public, someone uh, tataas na boses na. Diba? Normally, walang pakialam. It's just an ordinary conversation. There's thousands of conversations at the plaza. Pero biglang merong parang na, nagiging mainit ang usapan. Uy, lahat lang gather around. Uy, 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 ano? Parang as if lusting after, longing for something to happen, wanting offense to transpire. Why is it that the media and the Facebook is, you know, we're so attracted to this darkness, this spirit of offense. It's like we're feeding offense, gravitating towards hurt. I want to share with you some exercises. You know this, but let me just put it into perspective, no? Exercise for you to live an offense-proof life. Because God desires for us to be offense-proof. To travel light, emotionally, spiritually, and to not take offense. Sabini Paul in, in, in Acts 24, he said, I exercise myself. Okay? Sino ba sa nag-exercise, physical exercise? Paul said, I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. When you exercise your body, you become less likely for injury. Is that right? A lot of people exercise because they want to lose weight. But others exercise because they want to avoid injury. And if you exercise your soul, you exercise faith, then you also become less likely to be offended, to be wounded. So these exercises will strengthen you so that you can live an offense-proof life. You can forgive quickly. You know, of course, exercise can hurt. Lalo na kung dati kang injury, then you know, you have to do physical therapy. Physical therapy hurts at first. So if I said these exercises, naintindihan ko na kung uncomfortable ang sinasabi. If it's uncomfortable for you, if it's not easy for you, dapat lang. No pain, no gain. Dapat lang. It's, it's true that at first you're going to feel uncomfortable doing these exercises. But it's for the good to strengthen you so that later you don't get wounded at the small little things that happens in your life. Because offense will come. You got to get prepared and equipped for it. Sabini Paul in 1 Timothy 4 8, physical training is good, but training for godliness is even much better. Okay, so first exercise is admit you took offense. I'll try to fast track this, no? Ad- admit. Uh, why do we not like to admit it? Offended ka, no? You know? Galit ka ba? Have you, I mean, at home, you know, so you talk to your spouse or someone, you know, were you offended? Did I hurt you? No, it's okay, I'm fine. Why do we, because we see offense as a sign of weak, weakness, you know, and, but if you deal with it, it's, it's better to deal with it at the onset, no, in the beginning, rather than make it become, you know, patong-patong. 
I, I think of offense like a sickness, you know? Parang physical sickness. Nakakahiya ba? Nakasakit ka? It happens, right? If at all possible, you try not to get sick. Diba? So you eat healthy, you do what you have to do. But we live in a world where there's germs attacking you every day. So it happens from time to time. Nakasakit tayo. And the same thing, it's better if you don't get offended in the first place. That's best. But if you do get offended, it's wise to admit, I was hurt, you know. I was hurt. You know, it's like if you got sick. It's wise to just say, look, uh, you know, there's a fever. You don't take ownership of the sickness. You don't say, well, I'm a sickly person. I'll never get healed. No. You just recognize, you know, and I had this thing, this is an attack on me. It's not my sickness. You don't say, well, my sickness. Don't take possession of it. You just say, you know, my body's under attack and I, I'm healed in Jesus' name. But you, you acknowledge that there's something going on. And that's what I'm saying with, uh, with offense then. You don't say, well, I'm an offended person. You know, may, pinag, may, may pinagdaanan, but wag, wag tatagal dun. You admit it so that you can get healed. Like James 5.16 says, you know, admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you can get healed. The purpose of admitting, I, you know, I was hurt, is so that you can recognize the specific area where healing will be applied. By the blood of Jesus, you apply it to that specific area. You know, um, you know, nagalit ako because this happened and you know, nagtataasan ng bosses and I feel sensitive about that. You know, and then you can realize, well, I need healing because maybe when I was a kid, my father shouted at me, napahiya ako or whatever. So you really, well, then you start admitting it so that you can know specific where you need healing. Okay? But just admit, be not too proud. Don't be proud to admit, I got hurt with that thing and I need healing. Why, you don't say, well, I got hurt and she needs to change. No, you got hurt. That was your choice. You need to be healed. Secondly, is seek God and be open to His adjustments. He will align you. Truth hurts, but we need to be set free. First thing is the, the presence of God. We need to run to His presence. But of course, Taima Christiana, we have the Holy Spirit in us. But David said, I will enter His gates. So there's a, a sajja. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. I will go into His presence. So you have to make that decision. I'm going to run to God. When you're hurt, run to Daddy. Run to the presence. All things can be healed and made right in the presence of God. You start feeling wounded. Someone hurt your feelings. You go put on a worship CD. You start running to the presence of God. Start worshiping God. Don't don't cook the scenario in your mind. Run to the presence of God. So there will be light and you have truth. So run, and then dive into the Word of God. You dive into the Word of God because it's only the truth that can set you free. So you have to get the Word of God. What is God saying to me about this offense? You know, I got hurt. What, God, what are you saying to me? 
We run into His presence, dive into His Word. Um, number three is you're going to forgive. Forgive, not for sale. It's forgive. That means they don't owe me anything anymore. The word forgive, the original word for forgive means to release. It's like you just release it, you let it go. Then you love. Love covers a multitude of sins. So when you forgive, you're forgiving not with your own forgiveness. You're forgiving using the overflow of God's forgiveness to you. And four, you're going to pray for the person. All right, now, you say, well, that's too hard. Masakit yun. No, just do it. It's physical, ter- it's spiritual therapy. It's, it's soul therapy. Pray for the person. Matthew 5, 43, Jesus said, you have heard the law said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was law. We're in a new covenant scenario here. So he said, I say to you, love your enemies. That's going to cover. It, it, it's not your love. It's the love of God, the perfect love. And it's his love that covers a multitude of sins. So you, he says, love your enemies. The way I loved you, you love your enemies. He says, then pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting like true children of your father. Pray for those who persecute you. Think in Jesus never told people to pray for their mother or father. It's okay if you pray for your mom, but Jesus never instructed us to pray for our parents or to pray for our future. In fact, he said, take no thought. But he, he did instruct us to pray for those who persecute us. Huh. Wow. So if you want a lesson on prayer, it's not about praying for, you know, your loved ones and your friends and your future and your job and your money. No. How about praying for those that offend and persecute you? And then number five is bless. Romans twelve fourteen. bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God bless them. Let me give you a tip. This will help. Now, I'm an auditory person, but some of you are re- will be good, really good at this. Visualize. Okay? Visualize the person that offended you extremely blessed. Visualize God's favor on their life. <laughs> okay? I know it hurts a little bit, <laughs> but this person offended you. Visualize God's blessings coming upon them. And then you're going to do and speak. Do and speak. So be more do and speak good to them. Yeah, do and speak good to them. Pray for them what you want God to do for you. I'm serious. You, if someone offended you, start praying for them the same prayer that you want God to do for you. And you know what? When you do that, you're not, you're not creating an opportunity for them to hurt you again. You're creating an opportunity for you to get healed. And that's what I care about for you. I'm saying this message to you to not set you up to be hurt. This message comes from my heart of love to you. I want to set you up to be healed. 
when you pray for your enemies, you're not opening yourself up to be hurt again. You're actually fortifying yourself to be strong. Because every time you reject offense, it strengthens the body of Christ. It strengthens you. There's a great calmness that comes into your heart when you forgive someone that doesn't deserve it. You might think, yuck, they don't deserve it, then I, I'm going to forgive them? Yeah, no, no, no. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's a great calmness. There's an incredible peace that surpasses human understanding. When you forgive the unworthy, when you release the offenses that were done against you, it will revive your soul like nothing else can. You will not set yourself up to be hurt again. You set yourself up for a guaranteed healing. God can help you. It happened to me when I was offended by a church. Yeah, a church. 1999. They, uh, they attacked me, lied about me, did a lot of things, took away money, all of this stuff. And at that time, I... It was a book I was reading, giving me uh, tips on how to not get offended, how to forgive. And that book, and God used people. I had three mentors in my life who were helping me and counseling me. I submitted. During that season, I, I was so, you know, so much in, in tears, so much in pain. I was hurt. I was so wounded. But I chose to not take offense. And it's the most beautiful thing that ever happened in my life. It's, it's strengthened me. Some of you wonder, how come I don't get offended today? It's because of that. It's because of that. And lastly, when you cannot forgive, I can't forgive I can't forget what she did to me. Morgan, if you are feeling that, if you can't forgive, it's one of two things. You don't realize how much God has forgiven you. Or probably you realize, but you forgot. It always means that you don't realize or you haven't received, you haven't believed and received that you're totally forgiven. You start condemning and criticizing and taking revenge because you think that's how God treats you. And you're angry at yourself and pushing it on others. But when you absorb the forgiveness that God has given to you, forgiveness is effortless. Don't fail to realize the grace of God. Something to say Hebrews be sure that no one misses out on the grace of God and that no bitter root sprouts up that will defile many. If you're here this morning and you need to be released, you know, sometimes we're offended once in a year, two, you know, something. But then there's others of us. Tingnan, tingnan, kung nakaka-relate ka, 
that are getting offended repeatedly. You know, maybe a different person, but the same feeling. And that's the one I want to pray for today. If you have been getting offended recurring, you know, repeatedly, then I want you to I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to be healed. Okay? Pwedeng tumayo kung ikaw ay nararanasan ng offense ng don't don't huwag kang tumingin kung may kasama ka na katayo that, that's that's not important just kung ikaw ay nararanasan ng offense ng repeatedly i want to pray for you all right I want you to commit to these five steps, these exercises. You commit yourself to these exercises. That's your escape plan to strengthen strengthen your soul so that you can be healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those, my brothers and sisters, with compassion. I so want them to be freed. Lord, I love these people. I want you to heal them. I want you to set them free from the prison of offense. So right now, in the name of Jesus, and because of what you've done for them, I declare exemption from offense. I declare the strong resources of Jesus Christ in their life to be able to forgive at a high level. To be able, by your your enabling power, your grace, to just humble down and admit if there's offense coming up so that we can quickly let it go. I pray that, Lord, the first thing they will do is run to you. As soon as na magiging aware of that offense coming on, to just run to your presence. Quickly open the mouth and start worshiping, praying in the Spirit, diving into your Word. That they would not for sale, but forgive quickly. Pray for those who persecute them. I pray, Lord, that you, you by your Spirit, you pray for them. You intercede on their behalf with groanings that words cannot even express and give them the grace to bless to bless and not curse not complain not blame but to just bless to visualize blessings coming upon others lord there's no shortage of your blessings so let us be generous in blessing others let us bless so that we would be set free we would be healed thank you lord that the walls are coming down today in jesus name And we shout grace, grace to it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.